Julie. And I'm Lisa, and together we are Two Sober Chicks. Welcome back. I have a really fun idea for today's podcast idea. All right. Remember when we were kids and we used to do this with the globe, or maybe I've heard people do this with the Bible, where you just flip open with your eyes closed and put your finger on something, and then that's the answer to your prayers. Okay. So we're going to do this with the big book. I have my big book in front of me, my beloved big book. Or you could flip it like... Like yep. that. And we're going to see where it lands and then we'll talk about that. Okay. I'm also going to do it for backup. Okay. <laughs> we'll do it at the same time and we'll okay. see what each other gets. All right. All right. Go. Three, two, one, go. Oh, wait. I suck. I don't oh, have my I eyes open. My... No. Tell me when you're ready and I'll open my eyes. Oh, wow. I'm on page 19. That was early. Oh. What are you at? I'm at page 89, chapter 7, working with others. Ooh. Well, let's see what happens. We'll so do two mine says. Topics. We know you will not want to miss it. Okay, so I have to back up. So that's in context. Okay. Life will take on new meaning. To watch people recover, to see them help others, to watch loneliness vanish. The promises. To see a fellowship grow up about you, to have a host of friends. This is an experience you must not miss. We know you will not want to miss it. Frequent contact with newcomers and with each other is the bright spot of our lives. One of the newcomers uh, in the Step 3 room the other night was talking about hope and uh, her commitment to hope was continuing to come to meetings. Yeah. And it was in part because she could look at around a room like that one and see um, people having a better life, people who were sober. And the evidence was all around her. And uh, it is, right? And these are, these are the promises. Um, a host of friends... When I first came in, I thought I had a lot of friends and not to diss some of my old friends that I still have, Mm -hmm. still good friends, but uh, quite a few of my friends who I'm not really close with anymore, our only connection was the bar, was drinking, was uh, getting together at parties or getting together at the bar, you know, Mm -hmm. and we got together at each other's houses to pre-drink because it was cheaper to pre-drink at home Mm -hmm. to get your drink on before you went out to the bar and then paid cover and all that. And that was our relationship. Um, And so a host of fair weather friends, it talks about this a lot in the program, in the big book, you know, we really didn't understand what friendship is. And then the St. Francis of Assisi prayer talks about, you know, giving rather than getting Mm -hmm. um, to be understood Um, We seek to understand now rather than to be understood or learning to love. I didn't know what love was before I came into Alcoholics Anonymous. I thought I did. I had a pretty fucked up conception of what love was and what that should look like and Mm -hmm. how I wasn't getting it. Mm-hmm. And the promises, all kinds of promises came true. And then I made friends. And I remember coming in and looking around going, these people are fucking losers. <laughs> I'm not being friends with, like, I thought I was so cool. <laughs> like you say, what am I, the Queen of Sheba? Mm-hmm. I was like James Dean in a female form in my own mind. Oh, I like that. I can see that. And I was like so full of myself that I wasn't going to be friends with any of these people because I didn't think they were cool. And I didn't, you know, you don't party, you're not cool. Mm. And these people, what, they get together and they talk about going to dances sober? What the fuck? We are not hanging out, Mm -hmm. ever. And now, um, my best friendships are with people in the program, people who have recovery. Sarah and I, we always marvel at how can we get together and spend hours talking about program Mm -hmm. and spirituality. It's because it feeds us. It fills us up. 
and we always have something to talk about and we always have you know life experiences to relate to each other um i don't know it's just my friendships are infinitely um more rich today i agree and it starts off with life will take on new meaning like that is the hope of recovery right i don't want my life to be the way it was when i was drinking that was not no. <laughs> and the cool thing about recovery is you have no idea how good it gets how deep it gets how amazing it gets and there's no limit to how great it can get and yes i some of my worst years have been in recovery but i haven't drank mm-hmm. i did have a small relapse um but to be able to walk through life as a sober person has changed how I experience life and love and relationships and it's beyond like when I spoke the other day it was funny I spoke at a group that was about a hundred feet from the house that I used to drink in um that I I was a wife in I turned 30 years old in there and it was like a huge remember when I drove by it before I went to the meeting and thought if you had told me 12 years earlier to that drunk girl in that house guess Mm. what in 12 years you're going to be speaking in that church you can see from your house yeah and a meeting of alcoholics anonymous i would have been like you're fucking crazy and here's an example too of how um things don't add up to happiness and things don't add up to success and i said that i'm like when i lived and that's a nice house i was like i lived in that house i didn't work money was not an issue i had a beautiful car i had a handsome husband i had a stepdaughter i had a pool on a ravine like you had I multiple had, homes. I had, yes. I had <laughs> everything you could ever possibly want. Yeah. And I was the most closest to death, most miserable, most depressed, most unhappy I had ever been. Mm-hmm. And the happiest I am is when I'm in church basements yeah. with my people. It it's, um, it's hard and it saddens me when I talk to people who are in recovery who are still struggling with that. Stuff? Yeah. Because I know um, what it's like to struggle sober in sobriety when you really haven't um been gifted uh the understanding Mm. of this program fully and what success really means you you haven't been spiritually awakened right yeah because you know success um isn't dependent upon the things that you have or the status in your life i remember i used to um want to be the best radio host wanted to be number one radio host, big market, wanted to move to LA one day, mm-hmm. you know, and I was pretty proud of myself. I think I, That'd at be that so time, for you. oh my God, so fucking bad. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, uh, at one point I was the youngest, um, morning show host. I, you know, in Ontario. So that was like wow. a big deal to me mm-hmm. that that record's been passed by somebody else now. Mm-hmm. So if my um, happiness was still contingent upon small minded things like that, as a measure of success, I'd probably be drunk right now. Yeah. Because someone else has taken that from me. Yeah. Right? Um, but this, the things that I've gained in sobriety, no one can take from me. Mm-hmm. I can lose it. I can give it up if I'm not um, spiritually fit and content with the peace and serenity and the happiness that I have now. And, um, and the acceptance that it's not about things. I said to somebody not too long ago, I said, you know, you're basing your success on, well, the VP ship of this company. Okay. So, but look at where you are now. Did you ever think that you'd be here? 
And before mm. you were thinking, ah, oh, if I get that, That's if good. I'm head of sales, I'm going to be really happy. I'm the best. Well, now you're here. Now you want VP. Guess what? When you get VP, yep. you're going to want president. And when you get president, where can you go from there? And when you get knocked off that pedestal, are you going to crumble? Are you going to fall? Yeah. Or look at all the people who spent millions of dollars to have halls and universities and libraries named after them. And guess what? In a hundred years, they years they scrub your name Ooh, off that university. Chip it off. <laughs> Library. And they, somebody else donates a million dollars. Yeah. So there's your legacy. Yeah. This That's person why was, we need to remember when. Yeah, they were talking about legacies. Well, our legacies are passing on the this gift of program. AA. Yes. And we don't need to be remembered in name. No, that's that's the cool thing about Alcoholics Anonymous. Like something can only really be truly altruistic or done for the good of others without having recognition. You know? Yeah. Um and I don't know why this is on my heart to share right now, but if somebody's listening and is worried about I am not getting a spiritual experience, how do I do it? You I promise you you will. It's not something you can make happen. You just have to live in the stream of the steps. Because it's a spiritual program, you will have a spiritual experience, right? which is when you're like, oh, or, oh my gosh, or you have your aha moment. And then what you do with that is what a spiritual ex- um, awakening is. The change. Yeah. That happens. So I have never, not one time in my 10 years of being in the rooms, seen someone not have a spiritual awakening that was rooted in the steps. So I'm not saying if you haven't had it, it's not because you're rooted in the steps. Just for whatever reason, it's not your time yet. And it will happen. Don't give up. It does happen. When we talk Mm -hmm. about don't leave before the miracle happens, that miracle is that spiritual experience. Yes. Just keep coming back. Keep doing the work. Keep praying. It'll happen. It will happen. And when it does happen, it's wonderful. And we've talked about this before, the spiritual experience, the spiritual awakening. Mm -hmm. Um, Like in the big book, uh, it talks about Bill and he saw a white light. And I used to think, well, that's never going to happen to me. Um, And mine didn't happen like that. Mine was exactly like how Julie talks about it. It was through continuing to, I just had to shut up and get out of my own way and do what I was told. Mm -hmm. Because I'd done things my way for so long. And by um, doing what was suggested and following the steps and doing things I did not want to do and did not believe in, like pray. <laughs> we don't, we're not asking you to believe in it or even want it. Nope. Just fucking do it. We don't say, and what is your concept of God? Just to be clear, I want to make sure you have it right. No. Yep. It's your concept. That's personal between you and your God and your higher power. Just do it. And in doing those things, I did have a spiritual experience and a spiritual awakening where I was like, holy shit, things are changing for me. Things I feel a sense of peace and an ease and comfort that I had never, ever known. Mm-hmm. I was always worried. I was the little girl who when my parents and I would we'd go on a little trip and I'd lay down on the back seat because I'm old and you didn't have to wear seatbelts back then. <laughs> and you'd lay down on the bench like seat in the back. And I'd look up at the sky. I could only look at it for so long before I started to feel anxious Aww, and nervous. I had that. And I would think, what's holding us on this planet? I had that. Uh, what if gravity like, stops working? Yes. And then Earth plummets through the universe. Like, I'm going to suffer. I had those thoughts too. It's why I couldn't watch anything on space. I couldn't be near big natural uh, wonders like waterfalls, mm-hmm. Niagara Falls. 
gave me a massive anxiety attack, screaming my head off at like five years old. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God, we're the same. Yeah, that's why we're heartbeats. I know. <laughs> we get each other. We do. In our fuck up and this. Yeah. <laughs> fuck up and fucking. I like that. Fuck up and this. That's there. a good word. That's my word. I'm copywriting it. Yeah. So. Spiritual experience, <sighs> by the way, is found on page 567 in the back of the big book. No, mm-hmm. that can't be right. It's in the big book, oh, it's right here. and there's an asterisk. 567, Appendix 2. It's called The Spiritual Experience. And uh, I love it because it goes to page 568, and it talks about that Herbert, Herbert Spencer quote about how we are guilty. Um, there's a principle, which is a bar against all information, which is proof against all arguments, and which cannot fail to keep a man in everlasting ignorance. That principle is contempt, contempt prior to, to investigation. investigation. So don't be a judge, Judy. Yeah. Don't be all contempty and judging. Get to know it first. Um, a really good tool is, you know, it's very easy to have a remember when by looking back a year and saying, where was I last year? Where was I two years ago? Quite mm. often a spiritual experience is just awareness of where you're at and where you've been. And you can't have that when you have contempt prior to investigation. No. That's an I know better. It's an ego thing. Yep. Ego has to be smashed, unfortunately, or -hmm. fortunately, in order for the spiritual experience to happen. A thousand percent. You know, you can't be living in ego and have that spiritual experience. Mm -hmm. So. Wait, where did you put your finger? Oh, we'll do that next. Oh, is that your finger, I feel? (laughs) (laughs) I know where you put your finger. (laughs) Okay, so we're going to do that one next, and it's page 19, so we'll do that in the next podcast. Okay, thank you for listening. I'm Lisa. I'm Julie. And we are Two Two Sober Sober Chicks. Chicks.